Hello and welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast. We pray that Christ is at the beginning and end of all we do. May openness and peace mark our discussions as we engage in conversations about the fresh move of God. May our hearts be drawn to unity, and in all things, may this shape us to look more like you, Jesus. Amen. 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 This is going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. So buckle up if you're unbuckled. Grab your drink, whatever it might be. Chocolate milk sounds so good right now. <laughs> but I'm also on keto, so I just can't have it. Sad. That's probably why it sounds good. I know. We always want what we can't have. Anywho, <laughs> and enjoy the Deep Waters podcast. Benji. Hello, Jace. Ha! Who's that? <laughs> it's our friend Isaiah. Hello. We are have the honor and the joy, the privilege to be joined by Riverhouse's own Isaiah Guerrero today. Wow, thank you for having me. So honored that I can join you. I'm a longtime listener, so <laughs> super excited to be on the podcast today. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> That's so fun. You maybe have been listening to podcasts longer than anyone. I may have gotten uh, a little preview of the episode before it went live. So yeah, yeah. the OG, the first, the yeah, first one, totally. So. Yeah, uh, just to give you some context, we like our desks are so close together. So this is gonna be fun <laughs> because we've had a lot of unrecorded conversations that have always brought me so much joy, mm-hmm. which is exciting mm-hmm. that we get to do this on air now. Yeah, the the goal of today's podcast for you listener is to showcase someone that you don't get to see very often because he's behind the scenes mm-hmm. in our ministry. Uh, you get to see his face every now and again on video announcements and so forth, but he's, he's really doing a lot to bolster the ministry and yeah. um, his work is really important. So what's your title? Are you a creative design director? Czar? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Creative king of um, the so, universe. No. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I am the creative director here and I, yeah, behind the scenes working on a lot of creative things seen and unseen right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's the, the title. (laughs) So you are the one who directs all of the creativity that takes place in the office. Wow, I believe that. I believe whoa. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well done. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Reel that back in. Um, yeah. Could you, for someone who um, might not know what that means, give like some examples of what your work looks like day to day? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, week to week is kind of like the rhythm here with Sundays and everything. So I would say like... A third of my job is working on things for Sundays. So that's like slides, announcements, event, like needs, things like that for communication. Um, and then I would say another 30, 20 to 30% might be social media. And the rest is more like projects, like website stuff or new initiatives or new things that we are doing because yeah. we're always doing new things and it's exciting mm-hmm. um 
So that's kind of like a high level breakdown of what I do. Yeah. Yeah. So if someone has probably seen like a beautiful graphic on Instagram or even on a t-shirt, like the youth t-shirts, um, you've designed a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's like, there's so much going on. So it's always something new, but yeah, videos, graphics, Mm -hmm. t-shirts and everything in between. Usually I'll have some sort of like input on, if not designing it. Oh, so good. I mean, one thing that came, comes to mind recently was the, um, Martin's testimony video. That was so good. Like he's just a, he's a great filmmaker too. So Mm. I remember hearing him or like watching him edit through that. And just, he was so focused on like the words being spoken that he just like went through like audio only to develop the track, like the the whole story. Right. And then you brought in the visuals, which I thought that was like such a beautiful thing. Wow, I I love that. that. Wow. Thanks for I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that 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 spoke a lot to me. Also, wow. he's like a administrative genius and organizational whiz, no. and he has like <laughs> revolutionized the way that I like organize my day, like with wow. like different like I don't know scheduling things and project management stuff, which has never been a strength of mine. So just to I don't know hmm. honor your impact oh. on my work. Uh, at the church, it's been so good and so fruitful. So oh, thank you. I'm that... very glad that we stare at each other. Our desks face <laughs> each other like this. <laughs> it is so encouraging working next to Jace. Like if you've never worked next to Jace, you should really try it. <laughs> <laughs> Highly recommend. We should rent out the desk across. Well, yeah. I don't want you to leave, but yeah, <laughs> the one behind you maybe could be mm-hmm. close. Yeah, enough. maybe I'll uh, put that for like a like a nonprofit fundraiser. Yeah. So work across auction. from a silent auction, work across from just Jace for a week. Just kidding. That would be, honestly, it's very distracting. <laughs> I would fork out a lot of money to be able to do that. Stop. Mm-hmm. That's so nice. I'm Anywho, just to your right, I guess. So I'm really not that far. Not that far. <laughs> At least you have a door. That, yeah, like I if do. you need to get stuff done, Isaiah doesn't. I'm just like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm thinking about how that video of the Martins you brought up, um, when a story is told, it's, it's an opportunity to portray testimony, um, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. You know, there's like a lot of significance Mm -hmm. in, um, the ability to transmit testimony for other people to experience it. And the day that that video showed um, a pretty significant like breakthrough happened in our church in the spirit wow. that I don't really have the language to know how to describe, but healing started to take place. Yeah. I, I wow. know of, I think at least seven people who've been miraculously healed either that wow. night or since then because of the testimonies that flowed from, I, I, I would say that video, the Martin's testimony and the way that pastor Justin pastored the space. Yeah. And wow. so yeah, just to further honor you, you have an incredible impact. And another thing that I would love to talk about. <laughs> wow. We love talking to Isaiah. Yeah. He's literally like maybe the most loved person on staff. We cannot <laughs> say enough nice things about Isaiah. You can't. Oh, it's just the yeah. best. Y'all are so kind. <laughs> it's too, too much. <laughs> but speaking of content creation, you went to Southeast Asia with Riverhouse Global and you got to tell a story 
um, that I know impacted so many people. Um, it impacted me such that like I watched that multiple times. Um, and it wasn't just a short video. It was more like a documentary that communicated the power of God in an incredible evangelistic outreach that then touched our hearts mm-hmm. here in Boise, Idaho about what's going on in Southeast Asia. And just, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't say thank you enough for the wow. gift that you gave me just personally in that video. Um, and if you were at church that one Sunday, um, you know what I'm talking about. Unfortunately, we weren't able to publish that video because of sensitive information about the people involved in the ministry. But, um, if yeah, listener, if you haven't seen it, we reach out to deep waters at river house ministries and we can share it just through a private link. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just so you know. Yeah. Um, cause we'd love for you to see it. It's, I mean, I can tell it's <laughs> like even just bringing up emotion in you of what you saw over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, if you want to see it, we'd love to share it because mm-hmm. I would love to speak on, on it here even more, but I know there's a lot of sense of information, but yeah. yeah. What, what, um, we'll kind of go back in a little bit, but like your time over in Southeast Asia, what was that like for you? How did like even the saying yes to going over there, you know, I just would love to hear from yeah, part of your story, like how that fit into what the Lord was doing in your life. And then what was it like to make that, that video? Yeah. It's like, so I'd never really traveled overseas, like the whole like concept of going to somewhere completely different was new to me. So Mm -hmm. I, I didn't really know what to expect. I just knew like the Lord's grace was on it and like I was supposed to go. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go. And really, I mean, the whole trip was eye-opening. Like, I know I was there filming, but it's like, <laughs> it's so hard to explain mm-hmm. because what I saw really, it just marked me. Like, the light, you know, I put it this way before, but like the light is so bright there, but the dark is also so dark. Wow. And it's like so, such a contrast. It's it's like I'm in awe, but also like disturbed. Um, wow. And so it just like, it, it opened my eyes to like what the spiritual and like the kingdom looks like when there's not so much gray area. Hmm. Um, and it also just like increased my quiver for God and his people. Wow. And like, I cry so easily now. <laughs> um, <laughs> and being able to build a bridge between here and there has been, it's just been an honor. I think when I was over there, I was, I dealt with a lot of like spiritual oppression and attack. Um, just like, almost like the shame of like, Hey, you know, you're just holding a camera. You should be out like laying hands on people or, you know, engaging in that way. And there was so many times where I was tempted to just like set my camera down and go minister in that way. And I knew I wasn't supposed to, but like that tension was just so strong. Like even like I would, I was having night terrors, like dreams about this. And it was like, just messing with me. It was so demonic. 
but it's like it wasn't until I got back and I was like putting the the video together that I'm like I'm so glad I didn't put the camera down then yeah whoa and man. just like being able to share that and I still get wrecked watching it every time I was wrecked while I was editing it I get wrecked mm. thinking about it <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah just being able to to connect people with it in to some degree um and hearing the stories of just the impact of it I'm just like so honored to have been able to just contribute wow. in that way praise Jesus mm -hmm. I'm reminded of um this might be a little nerdy side tangent, but I promise it applies. Um, Bezalel in the Old Testament is a craftsman who is charged for creating like the different instruments of the tabernacle mm -hmm. by Moses. And he's the first person in the biblical narrative that is described as being filled with the Holy Spirit wow. as a creator. Hmm. Um, and so I think you could maybe look at the life of a person like that and say, all you do is pound brass and weave goat's hair and make art. But wow. there's hungry people out here on the fringes of our camp in the wilderness. Um, and yet his name is recorded in scripture as being wow. one that was used by the hand of God to bring the Lord glory and to share the glory of the Lord with God's people. Wow. And I wow. see like an anointing like that on you, Isaiah. And the way that you even tell that story, I think is evidence of it. Wow. So thank you for stewarding that creative gift so well. Wow. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. Yeah. Wow. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. So good. Well, we'd lo I'd love to hear we've had a few other staff people on, especially right at the beginning of the podcast. If you join in late, if you want to hear, you know, worship leader, Becca, tell her story or children's pastor, Brenda, you know, um, tell her story. Um, I would su suggest you go back and listen to those. But I think what I find so interesting every time is how, you know, from like, what led you to river house? Like what, um, what in your, uh, story and your walk and I mean it's kind of your whole testimony you know a little bit <laughs> I mean you don't have to go into great detail but I would just love to hear what how how did your life lead you to coming to River House is that a good way to ask that I think it's okay. great right. yeah um yeah so let's see where to begin I won't go all the way back that's all right to your birthday yeah <laughs> <laughs> 90 94 93. 93. 93. I'm turning 30 next month. Whoa. That's exciting. That's, it's crazy. That's Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, uh, Assemblies of God church. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't like, I knew Jesus from a young age. Mm -hmm. um, it was like, would memorize scripture. Um, Sunday school, youth group, all of that. Mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't until like high school where I would say that I like encountered the Holy Spirit. It's like I was a sophomore. And yeah, I, I'm going to mention this group because they've had a, a big impact on my life. But um, this group came from Washington. They relocated and they were having uh, like worship nights at my church. We were hosting mm -hmm. them. Um, wow. 
And so I get invited to this and I go to my first like meeting and I go and everybody is literally just like slain in the spirit. Wow. Like I like, it's like quiet. It's like silent, but it's heavy. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what is going on? Um, and it just, um, it woke something up into me, like to that reality of just like how real, (laughs) you know, the spirit realm Mm. is versus like what we can just see. Um, and I would say that just kind of like kickstarted my journey of like seeking out the Lord, um, but also desiring to, to see like the manifestation of the kingdom of God on the earth. Mm. Um, so like, there was a period in high school that's very fond, like to me, like it's very endearing where, you know, I saw a lot of like just manifestations of the spirit in terms of like healing and deliverance and just wild stuff. Um, (laughs) it, it was a stripping season for me. Like I quit all the sports I was involved in. I felt convicted about, the the relationship I was in so I ended that just Mm -hmm. like laid everything down and the Lord just showed up like wow I don't know (laughs) he's so good um and so yeah so I went through this like incredible season where the Lord was just showing up in ways I'd never imagined um so 10th grade 11th grade Mm -hmm senior year comes and you know high school ends it's it's great (laughs) um and then like my parents divorced um Mm. so like if i'm looking at my walk with the lord it was like this like uphill like the top part of a roller coaster and then like when that happened it was just like a drop wow and so i didn't walk away from the faith at that point But I, I, the way I put it is like, I stopped seeking the greater things. Like, Hmm. like God's real, I'm saved, but why try? Because at that point, everything that I was like believing for was like happening. Like, Lord, heal this leg. It's healed. Lord, you know, this person needs to be delivered. They're delivered. It's like, like I, my faith was like, (laughs) (laughs) that's powerful in high school. Mm hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's different than my high school <laughs> Christian experience. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Not that I had a bad one, but like that's amazing. It it was so fun, but when it came to like my parents and contending for their like like the redeeming of their marriage and all of that, it just never happened. And then what like was the nail in that the metaphorical coffin was when my dad remarried. I'm like well, now I'm praying for something that, you know, I, I can't pray for divorce. Yeah. <laughs> like just being real. Like, so oh. then I was convicted. I'm like, okay, so what do I do now? So, yeah. Wow. So I went through this period of time after high school where, you know, I went to college, um, went to school for design and animation, and I was working three jobs at the same time. And so I was just like, so busy i just like the lord was put to the wayside never like fully but just like i just wasn't doing anything except Mm -hmm. working wow and uh, you know the lord was so faithful like there was so much success in work like i think over the course of 
maybe eight years i was promoted eight times like it's crazy and it's not like like your skill can take you so far but like there was i can look back and i can see the lord's favor on my life and Mm -hmm. it's not to like boast or anything but he was just faithful even when i wasn't wow wow that's beautiful that'll preach (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but in that course of time, like I met Courtney and albeit we were still involved with this group and I would just say like the Lord was in that. Um, but like it was an internal thing, mm-hmm. like in this internal complacency that just gradually got worse and worse over time. And it wasn't until I want to say, yeah, 2020, we moved from Oregon to Idaho mm-hmm. uh, for a job. Um, and we were just like, we hadn't really attended any group regularly, any church regularly for a couple of years. And yeah, it was one day a friend of mine who's now a pastor in Washington, he's like told us about River House and he's like, the things he was talking about reminded me a lot of like those former high school, you know, worship night yeah. things that were going mm-hmm. on and like that sounds nice. <laughs> wow. It's like, that sounds like yeah. something I don't, didn't realize has been missing for a long time. And so then COVID hit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. so we were just watching the live stream stuff and the, the different devotional sessions and things going yeah. on at the office at that time. Um, but like the minute that the lawn services resumes, mm-hmm. like we were there and, we just like immediately knew it was home. Like we, we told ourselves going into like the first river house service that we've been to, um, together at that time. I should also mention, I had dropped into river house a few times while my wife was in college for sp- certain speakers. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't know river house, but I knew the speakers that were going there. Yeah. And so it was always cool, but you know, we lived like an hour away and yeah, it just totally. wasn't top of mind back then. Of course. Wow, living, that's amazing. You lived yeah. in Eastern Oregon, right? Yep. Back yeah, then, just yeah. over the river. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we went to that first River House service with the mindset of like, okay, we're going to like look at all the churches in the valley and see where we fit. Or, you know, with our, that yeah. was our thinking. Mm-hmm. And we went to the first River House service and we're like, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Arrived. We're wow, here. That's sweet. Um, yeah, and so since then, it's been a, like just beautiful season of just healing. Um, you know, we did Journey to Wholeness, How We Love, um, all the different workshops that yeah. we could sign up for. <laughs> yeah, the Deep Waters e-courses. The Deep Waters e-courses, which <laughs> feature Benji, who you should also sign up for Sunday School every time. Um, nice plug. Um, <laughs> you're kind. I'll put a link below. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we were just, like, going from this place of, like, not really having any community to, like, now trying to integrate our lives into community and still integrating our lives into community. Um, But the healing that we've experienced here has been just so healing. Like, (laughs) Come on. It's, like, so holistic, so healthy. Um, It's, like... You know, there's a lot of pieces that remind me of 
the old season, but it's like so much more mature and mm. like it's just healthy. And not to say that the former season wasn't healthy, mm-hmm. but there was a component that was missing that I feel like we found. And I think really it's just like Riverhouse really is so diverse. There's so many different voices and it's stretching. Like my theology now is a lot different than it used to be. Mm-hmm. I would say it's grown in certain areas and changed in other areas and it's still continuing to do that um, as I learn more. Oh, I feel that. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, good. it's um, yeah. And yeah. So that's kind of like my journey to River House totally. before coming on staff. Um, yeah. Mm. I mean. Thanks for letting us into that. I feel like a lot of the people that I talk to, maybe this is just my bias speaking, but they say something that sounds a little more familiar to me, which is I had no idea what a word of knowledge was. I was not familiar with the charismatic or the prophetic. I, you know, had never been in a church that felt so alive in the spirit. Um, but that's not your story, which is cool that there, there really was, um, a lot of interaction that you had with the Holy spirit and the various manifestations of the spirit. Yeah. Um, and then kind of a hiatus, if you will, like away from. Uh, and then I like that it felt like home. I think you used words some, yeah. somehow along those lines when you came back to a community that felt like it was spirit filled. Huh. I Thanks for filling us in on that. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. It, it's funny. It's like even thinking back, like, so actually the first church I ever attended was like this Latin Spanish assembly of God church where like loud music, people falling out in the spirit, like tongues and all that stuff. Like to the point where we as kids would like, if the service, which would go late, which it regularly would, we would just kind of be off to the side of the sanctuary playing. And we'd be just like, pretending to push each other over in the spirit <laughs> it's like sure. yeah i remember that it's just like we saw the adults falling and so we were just yeah yeah that's amazing it's cool that you grew up in that environment just because i didn't grow up in that environment and i don't know and I, I think i i've found when you came on staff there was this like depth of knowing the spirit that i hadn't mm seen in someone like similar like similar age to me wow um that you would just like i don't know the words you would give and the prayers you would pray i was like whoa this guy knows the holy spirit really well and i think a question that i have is you kind of had this time where through school um and your parents divorce that you kind of just stopped pursuing the lord was it, did you, when, was there a Catholic moment where you came back and like were pursuing him more wholeheartedly or was it like a bit of a slow burn once you started to come to River House? I didn't quite hear when that started to happen again in your story. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we came back to River House that summer of 2020, but I wouldn't say, I would say that it wasn't until we went to Journey to Wholeness. Um, wait, was it? 
No, no, it was before Journey to Wholeness. Although Journey to Wholeness was super like mm-hmm. catalytic for us, but um, registrations down below October. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, <laughs> shameless plug. Actually, I want to say it was when we attended what used to be called uh, was it Ecclesiology mm-hmm. One Hundred and One. Yeah, um, and we got Jordan's book, and I read through it, and you know his approach to the kingdom of God and the humility um, that just exuded all through the book. I mean, it's mm-hmm. in the title. Yeah. Um, it really was like such a different message for me. Like wow. the the message of the kingdom in my head was before, I would say it was more of an ideology than like, it was like a piece of the pie mm-hmm. that I had just made the whole thing, um, which was like power and authority, signs and wonders. Yeah. And, you know, constantly driving out the enemy Mm -hmm. like it was very much that it was very like almost violent like yeah not like violent but no yeah like there's like this active kind of warfare thing always happening yeah it was like always looking for the demon always looking for the principality like wow and in this message it was like there was so much just like humility and meekness and just like humbling yourself before the Lord. It's like almost like I wanted all the benefits without first doing that. Oh, like, wow. and so it really like transformed my secret place time. Um, and it changed my approach from coming to God to like get something so that I could do something in his name to simply in, intentionally coming to him and not asking for anything Hmm, just being with him yeah just like being with him like that adoration that um riverhouse does so well (laughs) it's infectious wow (laughs) praise jesus for that that's Um, really beautiful yeah go ahead no no you go ahead oh i'm just thinking of the worship song all is for your glory all is for your name you know like Mm -hmm. i don't need anything from you lord I just want you, nothing else. There's a lot of worship songs that we like to sing that have something like that woven into the lyrics. And man, I always want that to be my heart cry because being connected to the Lord, ministry and life will bear fruit. And that fruit is so exciting. But when we allow that fruit to tempt us away from just just loving the one thing, Mm -hmm. then, then we've missed it. We've ceased yeah. abiding. So yeah. I'm really, really glad that you called attention to that. Wow. That's really It's good. so true. It's like, yeah. Yeah, the source is just so much more sweet. Hmm. Like, the fruit's great. The fruit's amazing. Mm-hmm. But that source is like where the life is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. And fruit cannot be sustained without the source, too. You know, no. grapes cannot grow in midair without the vine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So That'd be that's, wild. that's cool. Whoa. That's so amazing. Zero gravity grapes. <laughs> grapes <laughs> just growing from thin air. <laughs> I have an interesting, I feel like Deep Wires podcast kind of question. I like it. 
what is something from the Assemblies of God tradition that you would feel like River House would benefit from? And then vice versa. What's something that like mm. uh, Assemblies of God or something the River House tradition that like the Assemblies of God could benefit from? Yeah, it's a good question. Like, I got to think about that one because mm. I feel like River House has expanded on a lot of like the principles that I grew up with, like mm-hmm. in such a good way. Um, but just thinking back on like my time in the Assemblies of God. Yeah, it was, I grew up in a church where there was a pretty big generational gap, mm-hmm. like a lot of like very experienced people Yeah, and a lot of younger people. Not uh, a lot of in between. Not a lot of in between. <laughs> um, it was also a small, smaller church. Yeah. So I'm not sure if my experience with the Assemblies of God speaks for all of the Assemblies of God. Yeah. But um, in my experience, there was like, there was a, just a lot of just intergenerational like relationship. Wow. Um, and I know River House does that really well. And especially with what, Jordan's been preaching on recently with like the modern elders in young geniuses. I love that message, but mm-hmm. yeah, like growing up, it wasn't uncommon for like me as a fourth grader or fifth grader to be like sitting at the table with all the older guys that are drinking coffee as I drink my orange juice and just like wow. listening yeah. and like hanging out. Um, there's just a lot of like a lot of opportunities to do that. That's really beautiful. I like, like that a lot. Yeah. Like, we had youth group, but other than that, everything was like everybody. Hmm. Wow, no wonder you carry so much wisdom. I love that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I could totally see that. That is really beautiful. And I think it is something that we haven't been the best at at River House, and we're working on making more of those opportunities. But yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. It's a good question. What about the inverse? What do you feel like River House carries that maybe like your, your old church could like benefit from? Yeah. Um, I would say we'll send this to them by the way. Go ahead. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. I would say like, um, just, I love river houses, um, sensitivity to just being interruptible, Mm -hmm. like throwing Mm -hmm. everything out the window for how God wants to move. Like, I love that. Yeah. I mean, I love that you love that because it's usually the stuff that you create that gets thrown out the window no, on a I Sunday know. service, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like announcements and the announcement videos. So I'm like, your grace for that is more than mine. <laughs> for some, I'm like, I wish that I, w- I needed this announced, you know? So that's gorgeous. I love that. That's so cool. That's lovely. That is. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord's good. And yeah. There's other ways to communicate. That like is true. Emails and social media. If mm-hmm. you are not on there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Shameless plug again. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and follow Riverhouse at on Instagram. And just at Riverhouse. We don't have a Twitter. Do we? Uh, I think it's Riverhouse Boise, but mm. it's on the website. Mm. But that's oh, that's wow. not the focus here. I was being funny. No, no yeah, I like yeah. it. <laughs> really, it's all good. But we'll we'll plug it mm-hmm. if we can. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, here's a question. Earlier on, you mentioned that being at Riverhouse has like challenged your theology and stretched you. Yeah. Um, maybe changed what your theology even is over time. I'm curious if you would give us an insight into what that's looked like. 
Yeah. Good question. Thanks. Yeah. Um, that's a tough one. It's something I've been processing a lot recently. Um, I would say that my theology is being enriched just realizing how much church history has to offer. Like, mm. I don't think that was a big emphasis in the groups that I grew up with and even the the group that I encountered the Holy Spirit with. Like, they're, they're all amazing. But church history, like, fascinates me now. Like, just knowing how rich it is and how pure it is. It's like, I don't know, it's just putting language to things that I've always kind of felt. Um, so it's it's almost like a for like formation type like I feel like my theology is being formed even more um and then kind of just going back to my example of like what my focus used to be versus how it's being changed now as far as like the purpose of the kingdom of heaven and even with what Jordan's been preaching recently it's like my focus is just shifting and I think it's all just shifting to being him as the one thing come on um <laughs> not realizing realizing that maybe in the former days he wasn't always the one thing but sure now it's like it's like before i felt like i didn't have any boxes but really there were so they were really small boxes and now if i'm saying i'm focused on him as the one thing you might be like well that's a box but no it's like how big is the one thing like there's so many sides to that box <laughs> If, wow. it's, if it is a box. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's a box with no limit. Yeah. It's like <laughs> oh ever, e your brain around that. ever yeah. expanding, always changing, but not. Wow. Like, yeah. And it's just like, there's such a grace in it. Um, like there's no shame. I used to compare myself to the old self where... Mm like it was based on the external fruit but i feel like internally it's just like the lord's doing a work wow praise god i'm thinking just because you know i am me and i only see the world through my own lens <laughs> i think about how riverhouse has really challenged me coming from a mainline church background where there wasn't really any charismatic influence um, so I guess for me, it makes sense that someone coming from that kind of a background would be stretched in their theology, but it's cool to hear the opposite side of that and wow. how you've been stretched in ways that you didn't expect, like having a reverence for church history that you didn't have before. Yeah. That makes great sense. And there's some churches that do that way better than others. And so yeah. we have something to learn from them. I'm just really yeah. grateful that you pulled that out. Thanks. Wow. Well, mm -hmm. thank you for your voice in this church coming from that background because I think mm -hmm. a lot of what I've learned from about church history has usually come from you oh. like, <laughs> in our conversations. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's so good. Thanks. Wow. That really blesses me. I absolutely adore church history. I think of church history like, well... Pastor Jordan said this a couple of weeks ago. Acts feels like it has kind of an ambiguous cliffhanging end. There isn't anything that feels satisfying because we're meant 
to think of ourselves as a continuation of it. Wow. And if that's true, then Acts didn't skip from, you know, 85 AD or whatever to 1993. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, like the acts of the Holy Spirit have been very much alive and active in the church and all of these different cultures through space and time for the past 2000 years. That's so much rich content. Like the cloud of witnesses that we're surrounded with in church history is phenomenal. That's really cool. That's so good. Mm. Let's just pick one favorite CS Lewis or Tozer or Charles Wesley or John Wesley or Augustine or yeah. Kierkegaard. I could go on, but but, you know, just pick one that you love and then think, wow, I, because of church history am in fellowship with them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It feels like an inheritance that I didn't even realize was, was there. Oh, that's a good way to put that. That's a great, like when you, once you realize that it's like, I get, I don't know. There's something like there's a connective tissue between all of us, a connective, you know, the history. Yeah. History is that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. And if we all together have the mind of Christ, I mean, it's not like that part of the mind died when they did. Wow. Like the, the revelation that came through them is still the same. Yeah. That's great. That, that wrecked me like 15 years ago. Cause I was like, <laughs> that's when I was starting to, you know, get experienced or not 15 years ago. Gosh, I would have been very young. Um, <laughs> I don't know. A few years ago when I started to experience like the Holy spirit and what that looked like, I was like, this is a new thing that the have is happening in the church. And then I yeah. found out like all these books from, you know, centuries ago we're talking about the same thing i'm like oh this is that's like so assuring uh assurance um of like just what the lord's doing and i don't know it was really cool to like learn about church history then yeah around that time i had a random question about just church history i've heard people uh uh refer to the desert fathers oh yeah who are they wow i am learning right now because i have not heard this Oh, really? I think like Darren mentioned it a few times and I've heard other oh, people and yeah. I was like, wait, I don't even know who the desert fathers are. What even is what, that? What is that? Yeah. <laughs> That's, mm-hmm. I'm so glad you asked that because it's a really significant moment in church history. Uh, so the early church, mm-hmm. we talk about them a lot because I love the early church. For sure. Um, in uh, Under captivity to the Roman Empire, really. Um, incredible persecution took mm-hmm. place. Uh, then in 313 AD, there was a guy named Constantine who legalized Christianity. Mm-hmm. He said, y- you're not actually not going to be killed because you're Christian anymore. And it was an incredible thing. And then not long after that, Constantine himself converted to Christianity, supposedly. There's a wow. big debate about whether he was actually a follower of Jesus or if it was like a political move. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a church historian named Eusebius that is all in favor of Constantine, but there's a lot of critics too. Yeah. Anyway, um, when Rome started to become predominantly Christian, uh, I would say that like lukewarm Christianity all of a sudden became acceptable 
mm-hmm. like overnight almost, at wow. least when we look at the span of church history. Um, before, if you wanted to follow Jesus, the light was really light and the dark was really dark in the empire, kind of wow. like you said. Um, and if you affirmed Christ, it meant you were willing to die for him because you very likely might wow. um, actually be burned on a stake. Wow. because of your, you know, your connection yeah. to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just a reality that's so other than what I'm familiar with that I don't even know how to relate to our brothers and sisters in the martyr, yeah. m- martyred church. But yeah. anyway, this was a wild thing that took place where all of a sudden Rome is in mass conver- um, converting to Christianity And with that, they had lost the catechumenate, Mm -hmm. which is where we get that word. Um, They'd lost the like mentorship education process where someone um, walked the bridge from their pagan Roman worldview to the fully Judeo-Christian worldview. Um, Christianity just got really watered down in effect. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, all these people are starting to call themselves Christian, but they just worship Jesus among all the other gods or like they call themselves Christian, but they don't at all morally walk the way of Christ. Um, So on and so forth. Wow. And so you can imagine like, what does it mean to be really committed to Jesus in a moment where our culture is calling itself Christian, but it isn't. Hmm. There were Christians in that day that had this deep conviction. And they said, we need to rescue Christianity by removing ourselves from culture. And they fled to the desert in the three hundreds. Um, so that's the fourth century AD and the, the first and most famous one probably is St. Anthony, um, Mm -hmm. who wrestled with demons in the wilderness, like by himself. And he said he was like fighting for the church in the spirit in a cell that he had built for himself in the desert of, I think Egypt somewhere. Wow. So he like crossed the Mediterranean and went to the desert where he would be unplugged from civilization. Wow. And then people would travel hundreds of miles to come find St. Anthony and have him preach and pray over them. Um, and then more people started to do this and it eventually birthed what we know as the monastic movement. Okay. Um, okay. So the concept yeah. of like Christian monks came from this. Um, if you've heard of Athanasius, mm-hmm. uh, church father, he was St. Anthony's apprentice in the oh, faith. Wow. Okay. And he's the wow. one that we ascribe like all the language of the Trinity to, that God is one and yet three persons, wow. distinct persons. Like the, mm-hmm. that's language that Athanasius came up with. So he's a famous guy. Anyway, like a lot of the best of Christianity for the next few hundred years came out of the movement that was started by these desert fathers and mothers. Uh-huh. Um, it really was both. There were women yeah. that ran to the desert as well. And they, they cultivated this like really mystic, um, intimate, profound um, relationship with the Lord that was yeah. also grounded in practices and then eventually became known as like rules of life mm-hmm. that monks to this day continue to practice. Yeah. So wow. that was the long answer. Yeah. Sorry. No, I really that's went That's great. That's so good. That gives you some context. Mm-hmm. Totally. So the desert, yeah, that's amazing. if they're thinking of desert fathers, think of like someone 
so committed to Christianity that they they fled civilization mm-hmm. and live in a little hut in the desert. Yeah, totally. Wow. And just pray all day long, kind of. Wow, <laughs> that's so cool. That's yeah. amazing. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you. I keep. I've been mean asking that outside the podcast, but you just keep forgetting. So. <laughs> Talking about church history, I'm like, that's a good time now, you know. <laughs> Um, so you choose to live in a city and not in the desert. Why is that? Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, it's a good question. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> um, I, I have, I mean, we could probably wrap up soon. I'm not sure. Cool. I have one last question. I like to ask this of people. Um, you have, let's say you have a day all to yourself to spend with God. How do you, how do you spend it? Or like when you have time alone with the Lord, what does that look like for you? Yeah, that's a good question. It's like in my dream, like day. I, yeah, dream day or or <laughs> like what's your like yeah your quiet time look like okay. secret yeah. place that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, so my my quiet time, I mean, it looks like getting into the word and praying. Um, usually meditating on something that the Lord's highlighting for like the season I'm in or um, yeah, sometimes I'll just spend weeks on unpacking one verse or um, it's just kind of like, it's Mm -hmm. a time to just, yeah, meditate, but also worship. Like Mm -hmm. I'll just pull out my guitar and I'll worship and just like seek his face. Sometimes it's silent. Um, I mean, it's not always the same. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Um, but usually it's some form of like meditation mm-hmm. or prayer or worship. That's so good. Um, yeah. It's always refreshing. It's all what, what I'm like learning. Um, and I, what I feel like the Lord's just been kind of speaking to me recently, you know, there's always like so much to mm-hmm. do. Like there's always going to be something else that you got to do or, or another task that you need to complete. Um, you've got a baby girl and young family. So yeah, I completely relate to that. Yeah. And it's like, so the temptation is to like, okay, so if you're not going to be like a workaholic, like Benji's sermon the other day, which was so good. Um, and so then you're saying, okay, I'm going to work from this time to this time and I'm going to give it a hundred. And so that's amazing. But then it's like, okay, I'm about to start my work day. And the Lord's like, don't work right now. Hmm. (laughs) Like, wait, I I need to get things done. And I've been finding the Lord like pausing me in Mm -hmm. times where I'm like, I'm going to work. And then he's like, no, actually, I want you to pray. Or I want you to just be still. And Mm -hmm. it's like. Like just the other day, I woke up super motivated to like get things done. I had ideas for projects that I had been like running into blocks and stuff, like creative blocks. And so I'm like, oh, great. You know, I'm up early. I'm going to get things done today. Yeah. And the Lord's like, I actually just want you to seek me this morning. Wow. And I'm like, Lord, I feel like I'm inspired by you, but you're telling me not to go forward with this. And he's like, no, just, just pause and... So I did, and he brought me back to Romans eleven sixteen. Um, Jordan preached on it a while back in the context of tithing, um, but basically it talks about how, um, you know, if you like you offer the first dough or piece unto God, then the lump is made holy, or the loaf yeah. is made holy, and if the roots are 
are um, holy, then the branches are also holy. And so it's like this concept of like offering a piece and some will even say like first fruits, mm-hmm. um, like offering the first fruits of something like sanctifies or makes the whole holy. And he's just been challenging me to like give him offerings of my most valuable time hmm. and trusting that he's going to make the rest of my time holy. So like, <laughs> that's powerful. So like, you know, as we're like reading about the anointing mm. and like you hear stories of people like operating, like getting things done supernaturally. Yeah. And it's like, that's been like a huge cry in my heart because I need supernatural. Yeah. Time. <laughs> I feel the same way. <laughs> but it's like, if I'm willing to give him like the most valuable time or even the first time of my day, like, and I, I'm still like walking this out, mm-hmm. but there have been moments where it's just like things have come with ease. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's like the quiet place is something that's a part of my rhythm, but I'm like kind of walking into that right now. Yeah. Like that's kind of like the focus, I guess. So good. That's really, I love all, all of that a lot. That's speaking to me. I'm inspired by like how you hear the voice of God with assurance, how you obey even when it's uncomfortable or you disagree with what the Lord's asking you to do. You just submit. And from everything that I know about you, that's so consistent with who you are. Yeah. is just laid down for the Lord like a, like a, wet piece of clay in his hands saying mold me and use me however you'd like to. So, um, we're really grateful to know you and have you on staff. River house is a more Christ like place because you're a part of it. Wow. So we're really thankful that you and Courtney and now Ariel have found us and are like a part of the foundation that is crafting everyone else's, encounter with the Lord. Honestly, in some capacity, you're, you're really, um, instrumental in the work of this church. So we just can't thank you enough. Wow. Mm -hmm. We're so grateful to be here. Like we're, it's still kind of like dream, like a dream, like unreal. Like we're part of this community. And so it's just like, we're so thankful that the Lord's brought us here and that we can get plugged in and can contribute to the mission of River House in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, thank you. Praise God. Come on. How long have you been working at River House? I don't think we ever asked that. Uh, so I started in September of 2022. So coming up on a year this week, I think Friday. Oh, That's wow. great. Yeah. That's, wow. <laughs> wow. Happy birthday. <laughs> 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 wow, this is your one year anniversary of working and we didn't even know it. We're celebrating it wow, by this perfect. podcast. Wow. Great. Wow. Yeah, this has been so good. Thank you for letting thank you for letting us into your story and being open and vulnerable and uh, yeah, you just you do preach. You preach when you talk. Mm-hmm. And it just ministers to me. So Wow. Yeah. Very thankful to to hear your story today. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Mm-hmm. I was really nervous and excited <laughs> but you guys make it so easy oh i'm glad praise good you you did great you did so good yeah yeah any any last words hmm. you feel like anything you want to say we've got 12 listeners so 
<laughs> just kidding. And that's all we need to change the world. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Say that. 12. Look at the wisdom on this guy. Yeah. Just goes right to scripture. That's so fun. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, I love River House. I love you. And yeah. I love you too. I love God. Lord. Yay. I love God. That's perfect. That's yeah. a good, good place to end. And I feel like part of why this podcast is fun is because this just feels like stuff that family does and mm -hmm. we want to be a family at river house. That's a good so, way to put it. Yeah. Thanks for opening your story up to us. Like we're sitting around the table of, you know, dinner in communion with each other as mm -hmm. a congregation. And we hope that we get to hear more of your story listener. Um, if we haven't already in some form or fashion. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Through house churches or small groups, whatever. So good. A coffee appointment. Coffee appointment. If you're a runner, we could go on a run. <sighs> Hit me up. All right. Let's not go on runs. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Shalom. Lovely. That's it. <laughs> we, we sincerely apologize for that ending. But we love you. Hope you have the best weekend. Bye. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to the Deep Waters Podcast. If you have comments, questions, or concerns, maybe even a recipe or two, please send them to deepwaters at riverhouseministries.com. And if you would like to join us at Riverhouse for Sunday service, we meet at the Vineyard Boise at 4 p.m. We'd love to see you there. We cannot do this podcast without a little help from our friends. Our theme music was written and recorded by the Riverhouse worship team. Production is done by Jordan Sodeman. Special thanks to Isaiah Guerrero for our artwork. Benjamin Olson writes and co-hosts with me, Jace Langley, and I also edit this bad boy. If you like this podcast and want to keep going on this journey of discipleship with us, please leave us a review wherever you listen to the Deep Waters podcast. May Christ be with you wherever you go.